Welcome to Season 9, Episode 11 of the Young Hearts Run Free Podcast. We are here this week to do a probably our briefest intro ever. Got something very, very special coming up, but we want to do a bit of a catch-up post the uh, UK's Premier 10K Trail Race, which took place on Saturday the 4th of November 2023. That was the Chile, and that was hosted by the Octorada Running Festival. I'm going to bring in Stevie Boy to tell us how did it go down, man? It went doing all kinds of good. It was a great day and it was appropriately rainy. The ground was appropriately underfoot conditions were squelchy and all the all the runners got home safe and that is always the main thing. Safe with a smile on their face. Big smiles, man. Big smiles. Pre-race during the setup at the start finish area, it was I think the term is scudding doon with rain, uh-huh. wasn't it? And then it got for race start, it sort of lightened off a wee bit. And then when we finished doing all the prizes and folks that disappearing, the sun came out. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. write it, man. I'm pretty sure it did the same thing last year as well. However, I said this to a few folk. If it hasn't if it hasn't been raining, I think the rain adds to it all. Yeah. Definitely. Because it makes it more interesting and more an adventure. The one dry year it's going to be, I think we're going to hate to get the fire service who kindly help us with first aid up there, kind of mm-hmm. hosing down the muddy bit. Um, <laughs> one of the main bits of feedback that we got was the introduction of a trombone player at the mud pit, <laughs> yeah. which um, wasn't even something that. Fiona and I as race organisers knew about and it was um, one of the Marshall's daughter who plays the trombone who decided that would be quite a good crack and it was the talk of the two. Awesome. So thank you very much to Abby, Abby, the trombone player. You've now got yourself an annual gig, Abby. (laughs) Next year, next year, 2nd of November, we'll we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, that world exclusive. It is released first world exclusive of this episode. Um, we know the last. No, there's another one coming. Um, yeah, equally as important as that so, one. So no, it was great, and you know it's great to see so many people swelling the high street in Ochterarda and coming along and supporting the the chili race. But it is one that I'd keep on coming back to. I would say that. But, but people. People do though, don't they? It's, their, yeah. it's the, one of their favourite races. I couldn't get in the bakers on the high street after it because oh. of the people queuing up outside with their chilli medals and their chilli big bobble hats on. It was brilliant. Did you know hear your VIP wristband to get into the other entrance? <laughs> so uh, the, race, the race director must have forgotten to give you that. So then... Sorry about that, John. But no, uh, it, it, it was great to see. And you're right, there is a it's great to see people again. Do you know what? So that's been yeah. what, four four years where we break for COVID and seeing the same people coming back and it's like a wee reunion. It's magic. 
That is, and uh, thank you to everybody that came up and said hello. Some came bearing gifts as well. Very much appreciated. Snaffled already. Um, oh yeah. So that 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 was very kind. And I've got to give a big shout out to all the marshals and the volunteers that are out there on the course that you mentioned already about the uh, fire service and. Uh, yeah, but no, the marshals and volunteers that were lucky enough to have helped us out. That's easy. Just no, just forget that there's no race without them we hear that time and time again but the day we a nice vibrancy and energy about them and we get tons of feedback mm-hmm. from runners about them in particular um and you know they just they kind of crack and they know how to g-folk up and that's mm. part of the marshal's duties but of course their priority is keeping folks safe yes and as you said <clears throat> just to wrap that up everybody got back safe and this there were massive smiles on folks faces it's a massive maybe relief but it's also a massive achievement to finish that tanky because it's no it isn't easy no Every, everybody would do it if it was easy yeah you're, you've done a 10k or a road 10k or something like that but the chili is going to just push your 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 comfort zones appropriately out a wee bit because it's got all sorts on it but you do it with a wee camaraderie and a smile on your face and um, it's well worth it for the, the medal. And the welcome back to the finish that John gives everybody who comes over the finish line individually, getting their name shouted out, which, again, John, we get a load of feedback about that as well. That wee personal touch is much appreciated. Honestly, I absolutely love it. And it's great to be part of um, such a great event. So looking forward already to next to next year. Yeah, next November. We, right, let's move on to our second world exclusive. This is big, big news. Um, maybe the first ever launch we've been involved with of a new venture, Stevie Boy. I think it could well be. Um, it is something that we're really lucky to have had the opportunity to speak to these two, who are a couple of lasses who you'll know well um, that we look up to and admire and respect Mm -hmm. and they got in touch with us to tell us about something exciting that they're launching and that they wanted to speak about it first world exclusive on the young hearts run free podcast how lucky are we oh i know man very very privileged and grateful that this is happening on this platform that we get so much fun out of anyway but to do something like this is brilliant. We had had a chat with Karen Nicol and, well, Ultra Cassie and Debbie Martin-Kinsani, Badwater Debbie, to speak about maybe doing some specific female content. And the response was, well, stop the bus. What about this? So um, what you're going to listen to in the next hour or so is a conversation with Karen and Debbie. It's not just about. It's not just for females. It's for everybody, and you'll you'll hear Stephen and I's interactions as as we go through this. But but it's something that we're hoping we're going to make a regular feature here on Young Hearts Run Free throughout the the episodes and the seasons that we go with. What how, how that's going to take shape, we're not quite sure yet, Stephen. Eh? But um, no. we'll, we're we're going to do something. So actually. Our listeners can maybe help shape that, Stephen. 
Yeah, well, I know. If there's um, there's going to be topics that we speak about in this episode that, yeah, they're fo- focused on f- females and some of the different issues and barriers and challenges that they face. Um, but we're really keen to speak about that and hear an appreci- a more on appreciation about it ourselves and get the conversation going. So if there's topics that come up during the episode that you think, oh, I wonder about that, or I could do with knowing more about that, just get in touch with us and we shall facilitate the conversation, get you involved in the conversation. We're, we're not quite sure where it's going, but it feels, um, you know, it feels that the, sometimes there's taboo topics that aren't they spoken about um, and you know Karen and Debbie are going to break that taboo down um, mm. and it's Wild Heart Runners is the name of their new initiative um, which yeah I think it's got fair to say it's got coaching at the heart of it but it's so much more and they speak about what that so much more is so passionately Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the next, it is about an hour. Uh-huh. Tune in, go and get a cup of tea or get your shoes on, go for a run and listen to Young Hearts Run Free and the Wild Heart Runners. It's a big welcome back to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast to our big pals and former guests, Debbie and Karen. How are we doing today? Great. Thanks. Thanks for having us on again and together. It's like a twofer, um, a, having us both on. A twofer, dropping right into the dialect dictionary already. <laughs> and thanks for that, joining that, us. I've done my dialect dictionary. <laughs> no, thank you. That we're well, John and I. John's high levels are already maxed out because we've just had the chilly weekend, and this is just tipping them over the edge. Me, I'm trying to be a bit more subdued, but I'm also fairly excited with what this conversation is going to look like and yeah we've had a wee discussion on the introduction about what this is all about but we want to hear it for the horse's mouth wild heart runners tell us all about it yes thank you for having us on board we're we're really delighted to have this platform to to talk a bit about females and running and female athletes so yeah we're super grateful for it um, Wild Heart Runners is something that Debbie and I have been working on for quite a while actually in the background. So we're looking to build a community for not just female runners, for runners overall, but to specifically focus on giving female runners a voice, an area to connect, empowering them to improve their performance by recognising some of the barriers that they might face, so biological barriers through hormones, um, safety barriers, time barriers through being working mums and busy. And yeah, we're just super passionate about giving females a voice and creating a community that we can bring people together to empower them through knowledge and conversation. Wow, maybe anything you add Even I was taken aback there. I know, <laughs> what a pitch, it's like John and I are sitting here. <laughs> Speechless. I think I might need to resign as CMO. <laughs> Good training, I'd say. Um, it all sounds well. John and I have known you. We're fortunate to have spent some time in your company, and we know how passionate and we know how super experienced and things like that you are as well. So, if there's two 
gals who are ready to take this by storm. It, it's you two. Um, and yeah, it's what can people expect? What's the, the, the gist of it? Yeah, so as Karen mentioned, um, we conjured up this idea on a Monday morning when we do our usual canal runs. And yeah, we've got a lot of experience. Um, the good thing is, although we're both ultra runners, trail runners, we come from it at different angles. Um, so Karen, I don't think Karen and I have ever been in the same race together. We usually do different <laughs> formats of running. We've got many, many years under our belt as runners, but also as coaches. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of miles in there. There's a lot of experience in there. We come at it both being working mums, so we can empathise with things. A lot of um, what we do can resonate with other women. And as I said, what Karen said, although it's not exclusively for women, we do want to focus on that because that's where our backgrounds is and that's where we feel there's a gap um, in the market for that kind of format as well. Uh, it's not just about coaching, although we are coaching. You know, we do only have a limited amount of places of people that we can actually coach because there's only so many hours in the day. Um, we are already coaching people already, although we, we are launching our business with you guys, basically. This is a, this is a world exclusive here. Wow. Um, so, but the, the, what we would like to do is create that community. Um, we don't know where it's going to go, to be honest. We're just going to start it and see how it goes. Uh, get the ball rolling but yeah so what we're basically saying is wild heart runners is coaching but it's also a community and that's what we want to create we love a first we love a launch (laughs) awesome absolutely awesome john's already got his orders in for a buff (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm excited Stephen has mentioned i'm generally excited about things anyway but this this is really exciting because Debbie, you mentioned about many years and miles and experience, and I can just imagine the anticipation and for people to see what's going to take shape here. I'm interested to know. You mentioned community. How will that be facilitated? Will it be like an an online like Facebook group, or will there be chat like that? Will there be actual events people or talks or workshops people can attend what's your thoughts uh, a little bit of everything john as i say um we haven't got a firm plan yet we're just going to see how it goes but yeah we will create some kind of online platform we'll also have many coaching groups uh, we do want to do workshops um and talk about or even cover subjects that's important to the people within our community. Uh, we'd like to do a training weekend at some point, training sessions as well. So maybe organizing some long runs at weekend, introducing people to trail running, or, you know, we've got loads of hills round about us and trails round about us that women don't really want to go out by themselves or if they've never been away from the roads. We want we want to be able to offer that to people. So and I would also like to do some training sessions. You know, probably when we come into the spring, uh, do like early morning training runs. For me, I like to train in the morning because nobody needs me in the morning. Um so by the time nine o'clock comes, my day's gone. So sometimes that window in the morning, which means nine times out of ten I run by myself. 
And I would like to have people that I could run with in the morning, people who have the same kind of work schedule or time constraints that I have. So if I'm doing a speed session, if I do it with someone else, I'm going to work so much harder and get so much more out of it. But I can't always make the club sessions at night or nobody wants to is available. But I think there's a lot of people out there who are in the same position as me. We've just never come together. And that's mm -hmm. why we want to have that where people can come together. You know, we both live, I live in Glasgow, Kaz lives in Balak, you know, they're very, very busy communities. Uh, there's a lot of runners. I see a lot of runners out there. Um, so yeah, we, we do want to have, there's various things that we can do. We just don't have a definitive answer on what we're going to do yet. That's okay. Cause we figure things out as we go and we learn. We'll from... just go with the flow. Exactly. Yeah. What are these taglines? I love them. I love them. Mm -hmm. But you've just touched there on safety. We're at the time of the year where it's, it's getting it's dark longer in the mornings, it's getting dark earlier in the evening. And it, safety is an issue for everybody, but certainly for female runners, they might be a bit hesitant about going out themselves and maybe places they would normally go when it's summertime and everything's nice and lit up, they might be a wee bit more hesitant. Can we can we talk a wee bit about that and your own thoughts on it, Karen? Yeah, and this is something that Debbie and I have talked about a lot and we are very different when it comes to here. Like Debbie trains for the spine. She can go up the Kilpatrick Hills on a Saturday night on her own with her head torch. You know, so admirable. I would be terrified. Like you would never get me up the Kilpatrick Hills at night on my own. But um, and it really made us think how different people feel. And even though I would have that fear, I would still be comfortable running my own in trails during the day. I would still be comfortable maybe running um, sort of in a built up area in the morning in the dark. But what we've really found from the people that we've been working with so far is that there's so many different views. You know, there are some females who just will not go out on their own in the morning in the dark, even in a built up area, because they are just absolutely terrified. And anyone that they see, they just think is a threat to them. And therefore, that's obviously really limiting their ability to train because they are scared um, and even some people as well who understandably just don't want to go out during the day on their own you know there are people that we've worked with as well who wouldn't go and run on a secluded trail on their own during the day and it's been great for us to to understand that more and that's where Debbie's saying that the community side of the the business is what we want to focus on you know if you have got a 20 mile run to do on a Saturday and you really don't want to go out on the trails on your own let's go together you know let's provide that platform so that we can overcome that fear and maybe by doing it together we then empower people to know that actually they'll be okay and they might then build up the confidence that eventually they are able to empower themselves to go out on their own. So, yeah, we came at it very differently, but from a complete place of understanding and compassion as well. You know what Kaz said about us being different? I wouldn't like to get across the fact that I particularly enjoy being at the Kilpatrick House on a Saturday night by myself. I feel uncomfortable but I don't feel fearful um, mm -hmm. and that is yeah you know we do come across women who have different approaches and different angles and different fears about things like that but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're overjoyed by the fact that you're out there by yourself in the dark uh, it just means that um, yeah I'm, I'm not as fearful as other people and that's a confidence thing as well. I think I can 
so I'm fortunate enough that I get to lead some trail runs myself and we've got a great group now but when we first started doing that there was a few weeks where there was only one person turned up you know on the, on the group trail runs and it was just me and I remember in particular this other girl who was a great runner and stuff like that but she wouldn't be adventurous on the trails um, and was speaking to her during it and she was like I, I would never come up here on my own because mm. I'd be pretty sure there'd be a murderer behind me right and we laughed about it she's like I, I heard something in the woods back there it's a murderer you know and we were just like but that's what was going through her head and that's what was the barrier about her we're really fortunate around like the area that I live in for the hills and, and we're so lucky but she wasn't able to get on them because she didn't hear that confidence and when you're speaking there it's totally resonating with people that I run with Debbie yeah uh, I've on a on a, a note of that such things I've just started listening to a podcast which is about the Irish school teacher Ashling Murphy mm. um, and I've been listening to her podcast and how the situation came about of her being murdered when she was out running and mm -hmm. you know she was out running on a canal at quarter past three on a Monday afternoon in broad daylight and there was a guy out looking to actually kill a woman and you know I mean we laugh when people say oh, there could be a murderer in the bushes mm -hmm. but it's not out with the realms of possibility no. and I have been like as I was listening to this podcast running through Hyde Park with my headphones on in the dark mm -hmm. um you know, it, it makes you think like I, I'm too trusting. That's probably what I mean. I just think I wouldn't jump out the bushes and kill someone. So why would someone do that to me? And it's just that level of awareness. People are acutely aware of situations, whereas I'm not. And that doesn't make it better because I'm a bit lackadaisical about all these things. Whereas, yeah, I mean, yeah, as we say, people just approach things very, very differently. And they have a different mindset for these things. Stephen and I were talking about that that murder on Friday. We were yeah. out and we were, we were just talking about that because we knew we were going to be coming speaking to both of you. And we we're talking about um, sort of some sort of subject content that we might discuss. And it's brilliant that this is on everybody's agenda and it's on their mind. Um, from a male point of view, I'm interested to know just your thoughts and understand that you are two unique women. You don't represent all women, but what are what is your thoughts on what could or should a male runner do in a situation where they're running along the road and a female runner's there? Is there anything that that would would help? Um, okay, I'll let Kaz jump in. Yeah, actually, Scott and I were talking about this last night. Scott's my husband, and he's a runner as well. And um, I did ask him. I said, "How do how do you approach it? Like, if you were running either in a race or just a training run?" And he said, "I would always voice from behind that I was close by, so he would always like say, oh, 'Oh, I'm just coming up on your left here, and I'm just going to overtake you if that's okay.' And that's his way of just letting somebody know that." he's there and I asked him about sort of the situation in a race because I know that again some females can feel uncomfortable maybe if a guy is running along beside them in a race and they don't like that um, and I asked Scott about that and he said I would always give them the choice you know I would always say to them do you want me to run with you I'm happy to run with you or do you want to just be in your own are you quite happy or do you want to have a chit chat and really no different from what he would say if he was passing a male runner as well you know some male runners might want to run and chat with and some won't but I think from his point of view 
as a male, he would always like to let somebody know that he was close by so that he didn't mm-hmm. frighten them and then give the, the runner the choice whether they wanted to stay with him or not. Yeah, I don't like think if advice. I saw another runner, I would be intimidated at all because to me, seeing someone out running, they're just out doing the same as me. It, mm-hmm. it wouldn't even cross my mind. I, I would only ever be intimidated if I was passing someone who was standing around or mm. a group of people, maybe. Um, but I always find like just conversing with people or just making eye contact or smiling or something just to soften any tension that might have built up or any scenario that might have been built up in someone's head. Just smiling and being friendly is all you can do. I don't need people to cross the road and get out of my way. I don't need people to move for me to make me feel safe. But yeah, I think mm. if there's just some kind of gesture that makes someone friendly. A connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key, actually, because by being, I'm talking from a male point of view, from being on high alert and doing some sort of action, that may actually come across as being threatening as well. And that's that's what we don't want to do. I'd like to take this opportunity, though, as well, for people listening in, tell us about your experience and your thoughts around this. And yeah, also open, open the door for specifically any females listening in. If you've got any topics or subjects that you would like Karen and Debbie to cover for future recordings, please let us know and we'll add them to our list and we'll we'll get Karen Debbie's thoughts on it. Stephen? Yeah, well, I think we've covered one of the sort of, you spoke about recognising the challenges that female runners in particular have, and we've kind of covered off safety, but you also mentioned hormones. Now, John and I are all quite comfy we are speaking about things like that, because we are, but a lot of guys, aren't they? So they also something that we've spoken about in the podcast before is recognizing the you know the the different challenges that 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 women have um and i know that you two often speak about it on a monday morning i'd imagine yeah and are quite comfortable as well speaking about it and and just voicing it and getting out there is is something that john and i kind of strive to do in the podcast you know all taboo topics you know let's just talk about them so yeah what of that challenge Yeah, so I think the first thing that we would want to say is that we're not experts on this. You know, we're not doctors, we're not, we don't have a medical background, but it's something that I feel hugely passionate about and I've devoted a lot of my time to understanding it better. So I've done a few courses, I've read loads of books, podcasts, you know, I can't get enough knowledge on this just now because at 47 years old and having lots of running in the background, I've never fully understood my hormones until recently. I've never really fully understood the impact that they can have on training and how you feel month to month. And now that I do understand it a lot better, um, it's had a massive impact on my life, but also on the people that I'm coaching just now. So the the female athletes that I'm coaching at the moment, um, we've started tracking cycles, which is really important. And we've started opening up the conversation just so that we can understand how it impacts us. And obviously every female is different. You know, there's not a, a one size fits all. But there is a sort of general understanding that there's two main hormones that 
flow through your cycle. So the first half of your cycle, the dominant hormone is estrogen. And the second half of your cycle, the dominant or hormone is progesterone. So in the first half of your cycle, when estrogen is building and estrogen is high, that's when our bodies are really great for stress resilience. You know, that's when we should be training hard. It's when we should be doing our tempo sessions. It should be when we're doing our intervals. It should be when we're doing a really long endurance runs. You know, our bodies are biologically able to cope with that high stress during the first half of our cycle. And then in about day 12, we get the added bonus of testosterone. That's the only time in the cycle that the female body gets a boost of testosterone. So that's a great time to build muscles. You know, if you're doing any strength training, you want to be doing it at that stage of your cycle because your body is able to build muscle more. You've got higher energy. You've got more libido as well, which is another bonus that testosterone brings to our body. So generally speaking, that first half of our cycle is when we want to be pushing. We kind of call it the power phase and it's when we should be working hard. When uh, progesterone takes over, that's our calming hormone. So that's much more about, OK, let's take a rest here, Kazi. Let's slow down. Let's try and keep cortisol, which is our stress hormone. Let's try and keep that under control. And that's definitely a time in your uh, training cycle when you want to be cutting back a bit. You know, and we're not going back to the days where we went into the gym hall with a handwritten note and said, I can't do PE because I've got my period. We're not saying that at all. But we're saying if we understand our cycle, we can build up cycle resilience so we can understand our symptoms and we can train around those symptoms. Um, and then in that second half of the cycle, that's when we want to be maybe cutting back the long run maybe not doing interval sessions, maybe bringing in yoga instead of your strength training because we're not going to be able to really build muscle at that stage of the cycle anyway. So let's just calm everything down. And a lot of females that we are working with and females overall are just generally exhausted with working and childcare and housework. And I'm not saying again that it's just females that do that. You know, we've got guys in our life who are amazing. I've got a husband who is absolutely brilliant at helping out but I think the lion's share of the sort of childcare does tend to stay with the female so we do see that females are exhausted and cortisol can be super high in that second half of the cycle and if your stress hormone's high you want to try and balance out your other hormones by removing stress so let's not run hard let's not do the interval session let's just cut everything back and it's not saying let's be lazy and not train it's just saying let's train with our biology you know let's understand our biology and once we understand it we can align our lifestyle with our biology and then we're working together instead of working against it yeah and I could go on and on and on and on for forever because I feel so passionate about it. But yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I could listen to you with forever because I've just learned <laughs> so much in the last. So did that, Stephen. Look at that. And and it's brilliant. <laughs> and it's exactly it's a brilliant response, Karen. Thank you. John's wanting to come in. I see him with his hand up. And Debs is going to come in too. Oh, I'm facilitating all of a sudden. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'm going to yield to Debs. On you go, Debbie. Yeah. I I would just like to add, Kat, Kat, Kat and I speak about this quite frequently she is in a fortunate position where her cycle is like clockwork um so it's easy i'm not i'm not making like her life is easier because her life is clockwork and therefore she can facilitate her training around this daily cycle whereas mine has always been all over the shop 
So it's much harder for me. Like I don't even know where I am in my cycle at any point. I can tell you just now where I am. Um, and then obviously we have the added facts of going into our late forties and being hit by the the menopause as well. Um, I don't even know where I am with that. Um, so yeah, although this is all sounds very clinical in a daily daily formula, everyone is so different. Um, and that's why the bespoke coaching does help because you can help manage that whole process, but it's not a case of you have a 28 day cycle and this is your 28 day training plan to go around that because your cycle could be three weeks, it could be eight weeks, it could be months. You just don't know where you are. Um, so yeah, we wouldn't want to you know, get that message across to everybody is the same because everybody's very, very different. I don't know any one of my friends who has a cycle like me and Kaz is probably the only person I know that has a regular one. So yeah, um, it's just all very different. And we also have to take into account that your racing schedule doesn't fall in line with your, you know, your cycle. So there will be a day, times where you have to do your A race the week before your period or while you're on or when you're not feeling at your best. So sometimes you do have to train hard when you're on your period, whereas you probably shouldn't, because you need to train your body to do such things as well. Yeah. It's like the weather. There's no point in not going out because it's raining, because you might your race your race might be in the middle of a storm. And if you haven't trained through that, so yeah, I mean it's great to work with your cycle, which is super important. You're going to get the very best out of your training. But we do need to be aware that everybody's cycle is different and your race schedule doesn't fall in line with your cycle. Karen? Yeah, and that's what's really important about what we've been doing with the coaching and the people that we've been working with, because you might not have a cycle and some of the female athletes that we're working with don't, but they still have symptoms, you know, so if we can track those symptoms as opposed to tracking the cycle, you know, if we can open up that communication platform and if we can say to people, do you feel comfortable talking about this? You know, there's been research done that 80 odd percent of female athletes are impacted by symptoms around cycle performance. But over 50 percent don't feel comfortable talking about it. You know, so if we can open up that communication platform through the community of Wild Heart Runners and through the people that we are coaching, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have a 28 day bleed. You know, you can do it based on how you feel at certain times of the month. And we track that in training peaks. You know, we can just put down if you're really tired today. Well, if you do, it's likely that progesterone is probably the hormone that's dominating just now. Even if we don't know because we can't track your periods, we can still track your symptoms. Um, and we can understand how we can build a cycle resilience through communication, through adapting training. You know, Debbie's so right. Like we're not saying to people don't run, but we're saying, OK, if you're going to run and you've got a really heavy period, what can we do to make that better? You know, there's products out there now. There's Nexi Body that do these amazing pants that I've tried. And at 47 years old, I had never used them before. But they allowed me to go and do a 20 mile training run while I was on my period with cramps and a heavy bleed. And it just made such a difference to not have to worry about that female admin side of things. So, yeah, it's more about let's communicate, let's understand, let's be empathetic, let's share what works. You know, let's have this platform where we can discuss it openly um, and empower people to be able to 
train and run round their cycle in a way that works best for them. Yeah, but everyone's so unique and that's why it's important that we start to track it and talk about it. Yeah, and I think it's really, we know Kaz and I speak about this quite a lot, that, you know, things like the menopause, it's not new. You know, 50% of women have been dealing with this. Sorry, 50% of people either are dealing with it or will deal with it at some point. You know, there's a stat that if you live to life expectancy, you'll spend 40% of your life in some kind of menopausal state, whether it be perimenopause, during menopause, postmenopause. And it's only now that people are starting to talk about it. It seems to be the new campaign. It's the new hashtag. And it's only now that people are, are speaking about it. And it's great. It is really good that we are we are doing that. And, you know, there's a lot, especially in ultra running, there's a lot of women in their 40s. Um, who don't know how to deal with such things and you know Kaz and I on a Monday we're always like either tired or bloated or our boobs are sore or there's, there's something we're moaning about um, but it's great to have someone to moan about and you know even if I do get a bit of brain fog and I think oh my god I'm losing it you know you've got friends that you can speak to that say actually do you know what that's normal that I'm doing that as well. <laughs> And I think that's what's important is when people start to understand their biology, you know, just like empowering people to say this is not you. You know, there's not something wrong with you that you, you don't want to run today or you feel really irritable or you feel that you could take a knife and stab your husband because he's doing your head and you know that's you not... might want to edit that out just in case she does stab <laughs> her husband. That's not something it's not a choice that they, that person has. You know, there's a biological reason behind it. There's there's hormone imbalance when you go into perimenopause. We have like a big drop in our hormones. We call it like a hormone hangover. You know, like all the hormones are stripped out. Your cortisol's through the roof. Your estrogen that gives you motivation is going. Your progesterone that calms you, that's going too. You know, everything that's been in your body is now getting stripped out and you're having a hangover from these hormones, which is why you feel so tired. It's why you put on weight because you're insulin resistant. You know, there's reasoning behind all these perimenopausal symptoms. And if we can just help people to understand that, and then think about ways that we can manage it better. You know, I'm not saying that lifestyle is the only thing. It's definitely not. There are people that are on HRT because they need to be, and that works amazing for some people. And we're not doctors, so we're definitely not here to advise what you should do. But what we have learned through our understanding is that lifestyle can make a big difference. You know, your gut microbiome can make a big difference on balancing your hormones. So therefore, let's think about our nutrition. Let's reduce the processed foods that we're eating. Let's maybe not take on as much sugar. Maybe at certain times of the month, it's better not to have alcohol, you know, in those sort of last seven days of your cycle, when your liver's working really hard to process your hormones, let's not throw alcohol in as well that could make that difficult. And just making lifestyle choices that can help manage these symptoms that for some people are hugely impacting their life. You know, they're having a big impact on what they can do. So if we can communicate ways that can make that better, get more sleep, do a bit of yoga, eat a bit better, drink some more water. You know, we're not saying that that's going to cure everything, but it's going to help. And if something's going to help, then surely it's, it's beneficial. And I think um, just following on from that about the changes you can make as you get a little bit older. Um, I keep banging on about Stacey Symes' Next Level as a book that I read at the turn of the year, and it's completely changed my approach 
you know, I do, I do less miles and I've introduced a lot more weight training. Um, and I think that's really helped um, deal with anything that any symptoms that I might have had as well. And I think it's just that approach of doing things differently and also giving people the confidence to be able to do that. There's been far too much over the, like when I first started ultra running, everyone was banging on about back to back runnings. And people were doing like 30 miles on a Saturday and 30 miles on a Sunday or various things like that. Everyone was banging out junk miles after junk miles. And it was only like a couple of years down the line that people realized, actually, do you know what? If you want to be a good ultra runner, you need to do speed work because you need to work on that raw speed. And people started reintroducing speed work as well. And I think it's only now that people realize it's not just about miles. You need to apply a metrics and yoga and weight training. Um, and I think ultra running is one of these sports that is still evolving. Like nobody really knows what you're doing to your body when you're out there running 100 miles because it's just such a new, well, it's not, I mean, people have been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's a new popular sport. Yep. Um, and I just think there's so many things like, you know, there's professional, competitive, younger women and people don't know what their cycles is doing to them at that age. So when you add another 20 30 years people have got no idea what the menopause is doing for sport or running uh, but it's great now that people are actually talking about it um, yeah. you know people and not just not just in sport you know my company have just published and circulated a menopause policy and it was like the first time i've worked for the same company for 18 years and the first time i've seen anything like that um i read it i skimmed over it chances are i, I might not need it but for me it makes me feel seen. It makes me feel that they think whatever the you know fifty percent of their workforce will be dealing with that at some point. So they need to stand up and be aware of that and have something in place to help people should they have the adverse effects of such things. Um, and it's just great that people are talking about it. To be honest, and I think that's what's key because my company have done exactly the same, and I'm hoping that more and more companies will do it as well. And it's not about women being weak. We're not saying that at all. You know, like Debbie and I have great jobs. You know, we we train a lot as well. We're mums. Um, and we're not saying, oh, please be gentle with us because we're females. We're not saying that at all. But we're saying, let's understand that we're biologically different. And that there's a reason why we feel different at different times of the month. Um, and as Debbie says, if people can just be empathetic to that and if you can feel seen by your employer by your running coach by your partner by your kids you know if we can communicate better it's only going to improve the way that we can live our life because I know that that's something that Scott and I do much better now compared to what we used to you know we used to have this sort of monthly conversation like oh just come and speak to me later once you're over your period and you're unbearable and you know we don't do that anymore she hasn't stabbed him yet isn't it (laughs) (laughs) I'll say to him darling I'm on day 18 and day 18 for me is like the worst day of my cycle as we said everybody's different but for day 18 for me I'm so tired I'm so irritable and I just need a little bit more support and I'll just communicate that now and I'll say look I can't do much tonight because I just need to go to bed earlier but I'm going to be up at six in the morning and I'm totally able of dealing with everything in the morning but for these couple of hours I just need a little bit of time out and that's what the menopause policies and work are saying as well you know they're not saying get rid of your responsibilities of your job because we would never want to do that you know I've got a great career Debbie's got a great career but we're just saying 
maybe on that day if you're not feeling that great have a bit of a power nap or leave work early and then come in early the next day when you're more able to cope with it or at a time of your cycle where your hormones are working in your favour instead of working against you and that's the future that we want and it's great to see that that's happening now in life let's bring that into sport too you know let's make female athletes be heard and be seen and be understood and let's empower them to make their performance better through understanding I'm I'm feeling a bit left out. <laughs> because you that period, Stephen. It's so important that you're not, like, though, Stephen. And that's such a great point because we need the support from the amazing men in our life. You know, it's not just about women. Like, I live with three men. I love them to bits. They're amazing. I wouldn't change them for the world. Well, maybe apart from picking their pants up the floor at night time. But, you know, they're night just... Weeks, weeks, guys. <laughs> I'll ask you on day 18 the same question. Exactly. <laughs> My husband thinks I've been on day 18 for 15 years. But it's not about <laughs> letting men feel left out. Let's bring them into the conversation. That's what we want to do. You know, the majority of running coaches are males. That's fact. Mm -hmm. So let's empower them too. Let's bring them into the conversation and help them to understand. Because I'm sure they want to they maybe just don't and as I said at the beginning I'm a 47 year old female I didn't know I didn't understand but now yeah. that I do I know that huge benefits can be made going forward but it's also a, I feel left out because it's that FOMO effect I'm like yeah. what, what you're going to create here is I can feel it bubbling away I can I can feel the energy in you guys today and I can see what the future sort of direction is and whether that's planned unplanned a bit of both who knows it's an exciting future that's ahead john yeah you didn't hate to feel left out though we're no. part of it you know we're, we're definitely part of it we are and i think Lucky. um definitely and you know what i think i don't know how long it was the last 20 30 minutes with this conversation is so rich for people to be listening into and i'm hoping there's people coming listening in both females and males going yes this is the conversation that we need to have. So what I would encourage, and I think, Karen, you touched on it there, is if you're a guy, make make the opportunity to have the conversation with running friends that are females. It might be your partner. It might be your sister. It might be your cousin. Open up the conversation. Don't shy away from it. And there'll be some ladies, I think, listening in, they'll be thinking, this is the conversation that I've been desperate to have. So let's make it happen. And if some guys are listening and feeling a bit uncomfortable, what do you do to feel uncomfortable? But let's change it and let's turn things around and have that conversation. We're all here together. That's so how we get better, isn't it? When we yeah. feel uncomfortable, you know, sometimes we do need to feel uncomfortable to yeah. improve. Um, so yeah opening up the conversation and we're so grateful to you both for giving us the opportunity to do that and talk about something that we do feel so passionately about and that we do want to help support people with yeah and I think you know we, we don't want to be a community that just sits and talks about periods and sore boobs and various symptoms all the time predominantly we want to make it be fun and safe and mm -hmm. allow that platform for women to push themselves out of their comfort zone yeah and that's that is above everything yeah definitely i think and i'm just going to digress for a, a wee bit we've seen some fantastic sporting performances from females i'm going to just pluck a name at the air like courtney de walter who is smashing everything that's in front of her camille herring's yeah. doing the same right but debbie you touched on someone earlier on 
a female runner doesn't know when their cycle is going to start. Not every female runner does. And this always in my mind comes back to Stephen's wife Fiona was up at the Highlander in Blair Athol. Season six, episode six. Go back and listen to it. She was really open and honest about, about, about that. And that's what can happen for a female runner. So by opening up that conversation and discussing these kind of topics, it gives us a bigger understanding, I think. Um, I'm Honestly, I am excited. I am loving the fact that we are having this conversation and you're both here and sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. So thank you very much, Stephen. I just want to change direction slightly to, and probably this is a question for you both, so but it'll probably be Debbie who comes in. It's, it's, so it's a way for um, boobs and cycles and stuff like that. The name, Wild Heart Runners, how long did that take you to come up with? Well, as the CMO, <laughs> as a self, <laughs> self-appointed CMO, I was just kind of looking about, I wanted a name that would suggest that people are a little bit feral, you know, a little bit fearless, but not, um, well, confident as well. Um, we wanted to focus on ultras and probably trail runners. Um, and uh, yeah, I just stumbled across the, the word wild heart when I was putting this into various Google searches. Um, so yeah, I think the wild heart basically encompasses what we would like women to see themselves as. Yeah, and not it's it. not about what Karen and I see ourselves as, but something that we would want to bestow on other people. So they're passionate, um, a little bit more confident, um, but also a little bit wild and a little bit, um, yeah, fearless. Yeah, I think. Or fearless rather than fearless. Adventurous. And, but I think what underlies it is, in my head, is the togetherness and shared experiences that it can bring as well is a big yeah. part of it. And it evokes. Well, that's nice that people will. That. Uh, yeah. And people will have their different definitions of it, which is good. John. What an icebreaker for the first workshop. What does mm-hmm. Wild Heart mean to you? <laughs> Let's go. That's yeah. the first Instagram post. Welcome to Wild Heart. <laughs> what does Wild Heart mean to you? Yeah. Fantastic. I, I, I mean, mean, if I hadn't blocked myself out by forgetting the password, that would be my first <laughs> <laughs> That was last night's drama. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, aye. I'm like, yeah. Steve and I have got a dedicated WhatsApp chat about the passwords. Yeah. So, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure yeah. I texted to Kaz at one point. I've tried to search it, but no, no avail. But we'll, Can, we'll get around there. Listen, there's lots of topics to cover. Um, this is just an introduction to what we're planning to do with yeah. having you on, Wild Hat coming on to Young Hats Run Free and having this types of chat. Um, but one of the things that we did speak about was um, that percentage of female runners in races. Karen, I'm going to come to you, but I'm going to do a reintroduction first to this because I'm going to speak to you about backyard ultras and about the percentage of female runners. I know it's something you're very passionate about. I know it's something that you're very good at. So over to you, Karen, your thoughts, please. Yeah, it's interesting because the backyard is sort of 
quite topical at the moment, given that we've just had the World Championships out in Tennessee. Um, and there was an article that was doing the rounds. It was called um, Where Did All the Women Go? And it was about the, the small proportion of women that were out competing in the World Championships. So that those that hadn't followed, there was um, four females to 71 males, I think was the ratio on the start line, um, which some people still argue is fair and that there's no issue there at all for female participation in the backyard. Um, I strongly disagree and I think it is very male focused and I think there are huge barriers to females competing in that event, not just that event, but a lot of the longer ultra running events that I'm sure Debbie um, can input on as well. But um, yeah, there are huge barriers to getting the numbers up in female running at the backyard. Um, it's something I've spoke about before on the podcast. Um, you guys know that I feel quite passionately about changing that. I would love to encourage more female runners into the backyard. Um, and after I did a couple of the courses that I was doing in female athletes, one of the things that they spoke about was challenging the systems that we operate in. So challenging any systems that don't support female athletes in their given sport um, and I decided that I would try and challenge the system so I wrote um, to Laz who's the organiser of the backyard and I just said that I loved his event which I do I absolutely love the backyard I think what he's created is amazing but I would love to see an increased proportion of female runners competing at the national level um, he wrote me back a really lovely reply, um, a really understanding reply, you know, and the fact that he used words like I am not a woman, so therefore I don't fully understand. Um, but he also gave me his reasoning for having the race concept the way that he does. And in his opinion, it's to promote female athletes performance more. So he believes that by putting a female category into the backyard, you would limit female performance because what he's seen in some races in the past is that when they have a female category or a female winner, like last female standing and last male standing, when they introduce that to the backyard format, females stop when they win the female category. And he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to limit female performance. He feels hugely passionate about promoting female performance and really allowing women to see how far that they can go and putting them on a level playing field with with the male performance which is why he wouldn't have a women's division in the backyard so it was really great to hear that from him and hear his reasoning behind it but I also went back to him and said but what I would like to do is give women a platform so that they can compete at the national level and therefore that does let them enter the big events where they can go further and instead of having what we had last year where we had a UK team of 15 males let's maybe make it a bit fairer in the selection process so that we can get female athletes on the national team as well. I don't think that will change so based on his reply I don't think that will change and that's a system that I can't change because obviously it's his race and I'm respectful enough to that that it's his race, it's his decisions and he gets to decide. 
But I do still strongly believe that there are huge differences between males and females, biologically, culturally, um, socially. You know, there's lots of barriers that we could talk about and therefore it's not a fair um, representation to not have any female athletes on the national team. So, yeah, my intention is to still keep working hard try and get out and maybe do enough yards at one point in the future so that I can qualify for the national team. Um, even though I did get the GB record, I wouldn't get on our national team because I don't have as many yards as the 15 guys ranked above me. So I need to go out and work harder to be able to do that. And that's my choice. Um, I could either choose to walk away and just accept that that's the backyard format and that there isn't a fair split for males and females or I can choose to still participate in a race that I love and try my best to try and get on that team. So, yeah, it's one event where it is very heavily skewed towards male for performance, unfortunately. Debbie will probably add a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I've heard this from Kaz and we've had great conversations about this. I call her the backyard suffragette um, because she has been so vocal about it. And I think you know, regardless of what it is you feel passionate or feel like you want to change, if you just sit in the background and moan about it to your pals on the canal on a Monday morning, then nothing's going to happen. So, you know, I, I've got a huge amount of respect for Cads, you know, going straight to Lance with her views. And it's great that he's come back with that communication. Um, and I do think like the backyard format, I call it one of those kind of underground sports where it's kind of they've got this little niche group of crazy people that do these things. Huge amount of respect for it. But I think it's been really highlighted a few weeks ago when people, the masses were watching bigs because all the greats of the that format had come together and it really highlighted the female participation. And that blog post that Kaz talked about, that came out. I think it was during the event that someone had written it and it was shared widely. And even though if you haven't participated in a backyard, like I haven't, I know about it because Kaz is very passionate about doing that. And I know people that have done it. It has really highlighted the fact that maybe people hadn't sat up and noticed like the women's because it has always been that level playing field. And I do see where he's coming from, like, you know, women would have stopped if they had won their part in that race and I get that and it's it's great because it would drive women to run further than they probably normally would but yeah I mean he's saying or saying that it probably won't change anytime soon but I think just speaking up about it and making your point heard is like really really important um, otherwise things just won't change. Yeah, and that's one of the key values behind Wild Heart Runners. You know, we want to empower females to say, this is important to me and I want to talk about it and I want to I want to let people know what my barriers are and let's think about ways that we can make sure that they can achieve their goals by challenging systems that maybe don't allow those goals to be fully achieved. Yeah, yeah I know when that blog post was shared, one of the things that, that came back with the format of the backyard is like, if you're like a working mum, for example, you're not going to leave the family home and say, right, I'm going out. I'll either be 24 hours or I could be eight days. You know, it's just <laughs> it made me think, actually, do you know what? It's not really inclusive for women in that way. And that's that's the family no. dynamic. That's not something that you can't change. But that is just basically females and ultra running all over, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. never thought it like that. 
but also like the strength and endurance side of it as well you know there's this argument in the backyard that it's not important but it actually is you know females do have a different lung size a different heart size you know there's lots of different reasons why a female runner doesn't naturally overall not for everyone but maybe sort of on average run as fast as a male runner um, and that does play its part in the backyard because when you look at the high performing end of the field you know it's the people that can run the sub three marathons you know it's you get into day six and can you get round in 40 minutes so that you can get your power nap and enough time to recover so it very much does still have an impact but in some people's opinion unfortunately it doesn't yeah and we need to be respectful unfortunately it's that. only males that have this opinion i've heard so far yeah not these two males and let's 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 challenge that mm. let's challenge that way of thinking i love the fact because there will be people well i'm assuming people are listening in i'm assuming that they do but <laughs> switched off we'll never have thought about periods anymore you know what though? i don't <laughs> the period free zone now you know what i have i have oh, learned I've learned being energised and motivated so much by this conversation. For me, I'm sure other people, regardless of gender, will feel exactly the same. The frustrations that that's the way I'm getting a wee bit of frustration about that gender imbalance and races. There'll be loads of women out there feeling the same. But again, what we're doing here is hopefully giving you an outlet for that frustration. Have a conversation. Let's talk about it. How do people find out about Wild Heart Running? Oh, yes, when I unblock the Instagram account. <laughs> um, I think in the first instance, we, yeah, they just contact us through Instagram. Okay, cool. By the way, did I just see a logo on your Instagram? It's you did. That's all Debbie. She's done an amazing job no, with no, the wonderful can I just say, Ross Laurie from Purple Rain created that logo for us. Done, Ross. Yes, there will be merch. I mean, it's Kaz and I, we love our merch. Of course, yeah. there will be merch. We'll be like head to toe, full tracksuit, arm warmers, bobble hat, buff, everything. Yeah, there yeah. will be merch. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen a film like, no, that was that. There will be blood. That's actually, we've already <laughs> spoken about that, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can get in touch with us through Instagram. Um, we'll have a Facebook group as well. Yes. A, yeah. Yeah. Is that Facebook group going to be as busy as the Markathon one, Deb? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we might launch in January to give her some uh, time to recover. Exactly. Let me deal with my uh, social media admin of all the dark questions I am asked during December. <laughs> yeah, I'd, love to say, well. I'd love Sorry. to say it's. It's self-regulating, self-policing, but it's never, ever the case. It's the internet, but Debbie. It's the we'll internet. see. We'll see what happens, yeah. Uh, yeah, the other thing that we wanted, just talking about Markathon, they re uh, reminded me about it. Like, Wild Heart Runners is not just solely for ultra runners. You know, it's for everybody out there. We're working with athletes just now who are basically just wanting to start back up running again you know like they ran in the past they lost their confidence they were floored with hormonal symptoms you know and it's about getting them back out and feeling good about themselves and building up to maybe doing a 5k in three or four weeks time um so it's not just solely for the ultra running community it's for anybody out there who has a passion about moving their body and making themselves feel better so the community is open to everybody Brilliant. Yeah, and as as Brilliant. I mentioned to you guys, I think somewhere in the past, 
that when I first started running, I couldn't run for a minute. And I used to wait till it was dark to go out because I was embarrassed in case anyone saw me. Um, and there's a lot of women out there in that position. And just because you're not, you know, you don't have a goal of running 100 miles doesn't mean that you can't be part of the community. It's yeah. for everyone. Thank you. And for if that, someone's baby. listening to this and thinks I want to start, Markathon's a great place to start that as well. So absolutely. Yeah. Just don't ask me any daft questions between <laughs> Can't do it on your bike, that's a definite no. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't walk it. And and have you got to run every day in December? Right, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, can I can I just say as well, way back at the start of the conversation, I think we were talking about safety and we were talking about sending a message to somebody some people might feel a wee bit intimidated even sending a message to somebody to say can i come and run with you i think what i personally would like to encourage i'm always an advocate of that send a message about anything if you feel something send a message so please if you this is for the listeners if you do feel a wee bit intimidated just take that first step and just send a wee message and just say hello to somebody and you know and you, it's just to open up that conversation because I, I know certainly there's some runners about where I live and I'm, I'm starting to know them and I say hello to them in the morning but I've noticed that there's two or three people will start running together so it is a massive running community the key thing though stay safe whatever you do but um, send that message there are running clubs out there as well that you can go and join and be part of a running group Steve and I we spoke most recently with Dave Shaw he started our community I think it's, it's the Dumbarton area. Yeah, yeah. yeah what yeah. he's done is amazing. So Absolutely. that's brilliant. There will be other things the same. Karen, you have your... your yeah, I was just going to say that's how Debbie and I first connected. You know, like I didn't know. I knew who Debbie was through the she ultra running me, world. Um, she was like a big hero of mine. But um, we went out on a run one day. We and did then she that met me a... and realised there was a bit of a dick and now we're just pals. <laughs> <laughs> but we did that initial message that you're talking about, John, you know, and now we've became like great friends. We've started a business together. You know, we're able to share so much in life. So that initial message, as you're saying, can just lead to great things. And like most things in life, it's solved with communication. You know, if we can communicate and bring people together and especially females, like they thrive on communication. You know, they thrive of, on being together. Um, oxytocin is our key hormone that sort of balances everything else out. And oxytocin is the hormone that we get through connection and love and empathy. So let's boost the hormones that we can, you know, let's make it work in our favour. Um, yeah, and just get in touch. So when we're up and running, we would love to hear from people and we would love to support them in any way that we can. I've just had an idea. It's almost like connecting with other runners who are kind of doing the same sort of thing as you. Do you know, like, so you're training for an ultra. It's almost like you need some kind of runner's Tinder app. Like, right, yeah. swipe, swipe left. It, or was, swipe. it was going so well, this chat. <laughs> Stephen, is there something you want to talk about here? <laughs> <laughs> you as our social um, media manager. A side thinking, project for Stevie you know, Boy. Like, you know, ma match with other runners in a radius that you set to say, right, on a Saturday morning at six o'clock, I'm going to go out for a three-hour run. Anybody else up for it? Yeah, I Do think know. you could go on Dragon's yeah. Den with that, Stevie. Mm. Exactly. Okay, John, maybe hit you chop this bit out in case somebody steals up. my idea. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the reason you want to chop to it, right? Okay. Oh, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you heard yeah. it here first. We'll copyright it for you, Steve. <laughs> no, okay. that's, 
John. We, we better wrap this up because we've, we've all got times and stuff, right? We've got things we need to do. Um, I want to say thank you both very much for, well, thank you both very much just for being yourselves, actually. And I think it's brilliant that you're going to be working together. And I'm really excited about what's going to take shape. No idea what it's going to look like. But I don't care because it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So thank you both very much for that. I've got one big question, though. Is there a song for Wild Heart? We haven't thought about that yet, Kaz. But um, I'm thinking a song that we could contribute for your playlist thing. Yes, I'm thinking, yes. Kaz can jump in here, Amy McDonald's Women of the World. Oh, we do love that one. Yes, please. I've got a wee it's shiver at my back the there, man. Ah, brilliant. I know you're both big Amy fans. Yeah. Debbie actually sent that to me when I was going through my divorce and when things weren't great and it's always stuck with me. Um, and I remember I went out a run that day and I literally put it on repeat. I think I ran for two hours listening to the same song <laughs> because the words in it are amazing. And you wonder so, why she does backyards. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the words in it are beautiful. So if you haven't listened to Women of the World, then yeah, it's a really lovely song. We have a Brilliant. Wild Heart Runners theme tune. Yes. Yeah. Right. Once more, what I'm, see, I'm going to come to you in a minute to wrap this up. But again, want to open the door to anybody to send in any questions, thoughts, comments to to us, and we can pass them on to Debbie and to Karen for future episodes because they will be coming back. I think we're going to make this a regular feature um, across Young Hearts Run Free. Very grateful to per. Uh, Debbie and Karen give us their time to do that um, they're not saying we'll answer every single question, we'll theme them maybe and but we'll do our very very best to do that, Stephen I'll hand over to you just to sign us off No just thanks um, again guys for um, allowing us to speak about all these matters but also choosing us as the place to speak about Wild Heart Runners first of all. I mean we yeah. had no other offer Stephen I'm not going to lie <laughs> Well, we feel super privileged and, yeah, we need to... It to, was either that or an STV ad. We couldn't work out. Probably get more traction to us. Heading, obviously. We're super <laughs> excited to be on here. Uh, thank it, you so much for allowing us to speak about it. No, I think it feels like it's the start of something really special. Um, and I'd I can't like to wait. So. I can't I'd wait like to see so. where it goes. And we're along for the ride. Thank you. We're we'll really get rid of us. We'll get some merch over once we've got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm glad I recorded that bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had it all And now you threw it all away You had control But now I'm taking it away It's all a game Something has to change I'm not just someone else's girl
Just someone else is gone. 